podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The tennis season is over and what a year it's been. Me and Ben are here in person today to do a very special countdown episode. We'll be speaking about the likes of Yannick Sinner winning the Davis Cup for Italy. Of course, Novak Djokovic for Ben. He always gets a mention. And the return of Rafael Nadal as it's been announced today. So grab yourself a cold drink or a hot drink and get strapped in because this is The Countdown. Right, seeing as I did the intro for a change, I know we've mixed it up. Um, It's not the new year yet, but we have come to the end of 2023. I'm going to start this one off for you, Ben. So cheers. Great to see you in person. Indeed. I know we've been on the tennis court ourselves Mm -hmm. earlier on. I know. I mean, the first set I thought was a very high standard and then it just sort of petered out. (laughs) You was okay in it towards the end of the second and the third was a complete write-off altogether. For those wondering, I did beat Ben, uh, but he did secure three games in the second set, so he's very happy about that. Yeah, it was, I was 5-1 down, came back, there, and I had break point to go back on serve, yeah. and then a net cord, like, just, it took it away from me, and then my mind was gone after that. But, yeah, very enjoyable. Some good winners, more from you, but uh, if I can hit two or three and uh, be happy with my performance. That's all that really matters, I think. I mean, it was good just to get out and about. We've um, <laughs> we've been sort of trapped in our houses these last few days and weeks with work commitments yeah. and the weather's just been atrocious. I don't know what it's like where you guys are listening from. I'm sure we've got people from a lot nicer places than the UK. <laughs> uh, we've got some, uh, what's it, some GTL family from Barbados. Florida. Florida. Yeah, all around uh, the world. Nice places, Australia. Uh, so shout out to you guys, but it's not been very nice here. And we've actually been in minus three Oof. with it soon to be going down to minus eight. So very cold. We still got out to play some tennis, so that was a real relief. Um, but enough of us. <laughs> um, no one's here to talk about that. Let's speak about something which is a vet which holds a very close place to my heart, and that is... Yannick Sinner, well, yeah, leading his nation, not just him, leading a nation to victory at the Davis Cup. And en route to this, yep. he's defeated Novak Djokovic, not once, but twice. Unreal. I thought it was unbelievable. Well, I mean, to think of the year Yannick Sinner's had this year, and I think... I, I wouldn't, no one would disagree if you said this is definitely his best year on tour. Like, I mean, it's no shadow of a doubt. We were just sort of waiting to see when was the moment going to be when it would all finally click for him. We were, we were the worst critics, I think, of him. We were kept on calling him out for being weak, for, for like retiring due to blisters and not having the frame which doesn't seem to have changed, I don't really think. Like the, I thought the, the lanky frames, too skinny, that type of thing. Been calling him out for that. And he's proved that now he's making it work. And those performances against Djokovic in the tour finals, not so much the final because Djokovic is just unplayable. Yeah. But the one before that was unbelievable. 
And but, we, but yeah, again, we can't be critical of his no. performance in the final. He did quite well. No one would have And won. stayed in there against an inspired Novak Djokovic where most players, let's be honest, I think it would have been a one and a one. If not a bagel in there. Yeah. I mean, he was that good. And I think that to go from that, it could have been quite easy just to end the year there and then just be like, oh, I was in front of my home crowd in Turin. I feel a little bit so, like sorry for myself that I wasn't able to get the win. No, he completely revitalized himself, came back and thought, I'm going to win the Davis Cup for my country instead. And he carried Italy, didn't he? I mean, we've spoken about it sort of off podcast, but... Yeah, you can speak about it now. Uh, his performances literally carried them to victory. Yeah, and uh, I'm bringing up a tweet right now. Um, you can put that on the screen right here. And that is Beautiful. Yannick Sinner's 2023. I did speak about it on the news video, but it's just good to remind you. Yeah. Um, Davis Cup champion, ATP finals runner-up. New career high of number four in the world. His first Masters 1000 title. His first Grand Slam semi-final. First wins over Djokovic, Medvedev, Runa. And this may be one of the biggest ones because we've always said with Sinner, um, in Grand Slam specifically, he has a tough draw a lot of the times. And that's always been his downfall. He'll get a top player and then go out early doors. He's now turned a corner massively because he's been able to show he can beat Djokovic. Medvedev consistently I in mean, finals, in big moments. On hard court. Runa. Uh, he's got a Gucci modelling deal. Never hurts, does it, with the, with the pockets? It's great. I love that. He won the point of the year and got himself the coolest fan army in the sports. Uh, they <laughs> are the Carottas. <laughs> That's right. And yeah, I think he's pretty famous now um, and known worldwide with regards to being a carrot, which... It's probably not his proudest. I one. think he's embracing that though. <laughs> he is saying like when he came out and he was uh, speaking to the press and they were saying, "How are you going to deal with now being like super famous, really?" And he just said, "It's a lot more difficult for me to go out <laughs> because of my red hair." And he said, "If I put a cap on, I can get away with it." Which, but he was saying how humble he feels still, and it, yeah. he was coming across like he doesn't feel like a celebrity; just an ordinary guy. And I do get that vibe from him. Didn't seem so ordinary at the San Siro tonight, though, did it? No, but we'll get <laughs> on to that in a minute then because um, we're filming this on the Champions League now and AC Milan are playing. Yep. That is the team he supports. Djokovic, I believe, also uh, supports them. But I don't know how, how true that is. Uh, but I know he was posing with one of the shirts not too mm. long ago. He was quite friendly in the Juventus dressing room in Turin yeah, as well. Yeah, I feel like he likes them all. He's uh, He's got some good uh, friends in big places. He, he was a good friend of Zlatan Ibrahimovic who played AC Milan for many years. So Massive. Yeah. Maybe that's why. But back to Sinner, what I want to speak about is actually his style of play a little bit. Yeah. Because what he's done now for Italy is, is, is amazing. I mean, 19, what was it? 76, yep. the last time Italy won the Davis Cup. Um, but it's the way he does it. I find his style the closest thing we've seen to Roger Federer since Roger Federer. I think if you're looking at sort of highlight reels, he can produce consistently in a match, I would say, five breathtaking moments. And I think there's a lot of players who can't do that. Some of them are a bit Del Potro, like. Some of them are. Uh, it's like Alcaraz. <laughs> Alcaraz can do it too. But with Sinner's ones, it's always on the run. I love him on the run, backhand down the line against Alex Dimonor, incredible. 
the forehand, big, powerful shot against Djokovic. I know yeah. you were speaking about that earlier. You tried to do one on the court and it all went wrong. Yeah, I mean, I can't do that type of power. I mean, Djokovic was shocked by it. He even said in his press conference that just Sinner wasn't missing. And if, he, if you're hitting that hard and not missing a ball, then it's going to be hard for anyone. Even Djokovic admits he can't even compete with that type of power and accuracy. So big words from the big man. Yeah, and since you want to get on to Djokovic, I know you're itching there with your 22 T-shirt. Uh, a bit old now, that one, 22. Oh, no, it's got a few holes in it, this one now. It seems like this was actually, it's probably fitting that it is the Australian Open last yeah. year. Uh, and this is what the countdown for this episode is for. That was a massive one for Novak, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, to go back there after all of the, the problems the year before, wasn't allowed in, well, allowed in the country then kicked out of the country I mean I remember so well at the beginning of the year how emotional he was after that uh winning point and then when he went into his box and sort of broke down it was yeah it was very sad to see because obviously he'd been holding that in for a whole year and only could let it out once he won that tournament and I mean it just goes to show what mental strength it takes to go back to somewhere where you know that you have so much animosity against uh, what happened there. He doesn't have it against the people who run the tournament. They were doing everything to try and help. But there was an air of who's going to be supporting me here because there was a very big divide and a lot of people didn't want him there the year before and were saying, what are you doing? You're putting a, like a, I'm making a mockery of the whole country if you're allowed to play this tournament and got kicked out anti-vaccine sentiment or whatever they uh, kicked him out on in the end because the wasn't it the the actual uh, thing that he was allowed in for they said was fine the medical exemption yeah. it wasn't that where he got kicked out for in the end anyway so to come back from all that and actually win it and probably more so was uh, he was happier to do so because the last person before him was Rafael Nadal who won it. And he probably wanted to just get that crown back again, didn't he? Can't have Rafa being the last one of the big boys to win that tournament. Well, I'm glad you brought up the GOAT's name there. We will be speaking <laughs> about him very soon. Um, but let's stick to the subject of Sinner Djokovic for yes. a moment. Because the year-end rankings concluded with Djokovic, 11,200 points, number one. Uh, Adkalaj second, 8,800. Medvedev third, 7,600. Sinner fourth, 6,490. And Rublev, 4,805. And the reason I'm talking about them five is because they're not actually that close no. when you're looking at the rankings. There seems to be a bit of distance between all of them, yeah. uh, which I quite, find quite fascinating to start with, especially when we was having the big talk, who's going to finish year-end number one? It was going to be really close between Adkalaz, Medvedev and Djokovic. Djokovic did it on a landslide in the end. Well, those two tournaments, wasn't it? Yeah. He, he took the time off and just thought, I'm only going to play Paris in the tour finals and won both. Yeah. And the other two didn't do much in the tournaments before. They didn't help, they help the cause no. at all. But, Sinner, is he now in the conversation with them four? How much is he in the conversation for them four? And since this is the countdown to the Australian Open, they're going to be the top four seeds for the Australian Open. I'm assuming. Uh, so, what does that mean for Yannick Sinner? Is it bad news for Djokovic that potentially he could have Sinner on his side? Would he Would he rather Sinner on his side or Medvedev on his side? I mean, because I feel right at now, the moment Medvedev it's like Sinner is the guy 
everyone will want to avoid. Yeah, I mean, you don't... I don't know if there's any parallels between these two. I'm going to throw it in there just because of the narrative we had at the end of last year. And remember, there was somebody in really hot form on the indoor hard courts that when we started 2023, disappeared. I'm sure you know the name, Canadian Felix yeah. Ojaliasim. Yeah. I don't think this is the same, though. No, it doesn't feel it feel the same. No, I feel that Yannick Sinner looks a lot more accomplished. And the fact of what he was able to do at the Tour Finals, the fact he's been able to beat Medvedev three times in a row now, two, two in finals, one semi-final, big tournaments, and has beaten Djokovic, which this is something I think... I don't think Felix has done it. If he did, it wasn't in any competitive uh, no. matchup anyway. So I think Yannick Sinner... The only way is up. And if he kickstarts the year with maybe like a small tournament and is able to get like a, a small tournament win before the Australian Open, then pff, mouths are going to be talking big on him come the Australian Open. And he will be, I reckon he could be second favourite. As crazy as it sounds, and I've said Daniel Medvedev is one of the best hardcore players we've seen for many years. Everyone's going to want him. And when I say everyone, I mean Djokovic Ardkars would rather Medvedev on their half yeah. than Yannick Sinner. Sinner, you'd feel like you'd want to play him in the final if you have to play him because that's how, simply how good he's been. Um, but we need to speak about him and that is Novak Djokovic. He has been the best player this season. We've spoken about all of his accomplishments, uh, but we've not spoken about how he felt after losing the Davis Cup. And he was extremely close to winning that match against Sinner, which would have put him in the final to then play Australia, who I don't want to be disrespectful to Australia, but they are good. I think they're like ranked two, maybe, on the power rankings of a nation, or third, I think they might be. Very high. They've got some good players, don't get me wrong. Good team spirit as well. They would have lost, I feel. I feel Serbia would have beaten them. That was the final before the final. Definitely. It really had that feeling. And... How do you think Djokovic is now, after having such a good season, how do you think he is feeling after that Davis Cup? I said in the news video that I think that was more for not him. It was for the nation, for his friends, his family, um, yeah. Torisky, players yeah. like that. Yeah. It's not really, it wasn't a him thing, but I still think it's going to be quite sad. I th- yeah, oh, definitely. I feel that that was the, the sort of the icing on the cake, really, of this whole crazy year he's had I mean think how much he's done for his own singles career and his own personal career in this year alone and I think he wanted to just do something for the country as well do something for all of the other Serbians out there all of the people that he's grown up with playing but unfortunately I mean it was sort of reminded me a little bit of the Olympics like when you're just trying to just do one tournament maybe too many he was so close, though. I mean, those that match with Sinner. I mean, any other day, he probably wins that match. But Yannick Sinner, maybe it was just written in the stars. You don't get the win in front of uh, your home country in Turin. So maybe you just go and win the Davis Cup instead. Okay, but still brilliant year for Djokovic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just ridiculous. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think him losing the Davis Cup takes anything away from his accomplishments in 2023. And... As much as we're saying how good Yannick Sinner is and how Adkaraz can be, you're looking at that Australian Open as Djokovic as the outright favourite. 
Most definitely. And I don't care if it's going to be another year because Djokovic is getting to that age where every year feels more like three or four years. Um, but it just, it feels like he's nowhere near at the end and he's got plenty of time left. And what I mean by that is three, four years. I feel like he's got an ability to still play at the top level for some time. And I don't care about any of the pre-tournament events to the Australian Open. Djokovic will be my favourite going into it. Uh, but Sinner definitely can run them all close. Someone who you can't see in the top 10. You can't see him in the top 100. You can't even see him inside the top 500. He will be getting a wild card into the Australian Open. He is the greatest ever tennis player. Uh, yes, you've guessed Sampa. it if you're at home. Oh. It is Rafael Nadal, the king of Spain, the king of the clay. He is returning. And we've got talking tennis. Shout out to John. Um, and he's put this tweet out. It's not really his tweet, but um, it's from <laughs> Pedro Falana. But shout out to Do John for condensing it all in a tweet. Saying the Dow finalizes his return to the courts. He is going to travel to Kuwait. Kuwait, yeah. Kuwait to train in the first half of December. He'll then travel to Australia at the end of the month to train and play in the first days of January. He'll play potentially a 250, maybe Brisbane. And then we'll play the Australian Open if everything goes well. Brilliant. It is brilliant news. And how worried are you? Well, if it's the real Rafa, then everybody should be... What do you mean, is it the real Rafa? What do you think Rafa... What, what do you think is going to be turning up? Rafa Nadal will not be returning to the tennis circuit. I was saying this to my dad the other day. He will not be returning if he don't believe he can be competitive and push players. He's not there to make up the numbers. Well, I just hope he's not carrying anything which could potentially flare up because we know last year oh, he wasn't, will be. wasn't great. He will be I mean, he's, he's, his body's in pieces. He's got plenty of injuries and he's still fighting for it because he believes that if he can stay fit and healthy and injury-free, touch wood, because it's a big thing, better touch the floor. <laughs> then he will be competitive and he can push these top players. And I'm, I'm so excited for it. Well, at least it, we, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, well, at least we know he's not doing it for the slams. He's not concerned about the slam race. Well, he will be playing the Australian Open, Ben. And the question <laughs> I've got for you is, how worried are you as a Djokovic fan about potentially facing Rafael Nadal in the first round. Imagine we that. Could be get, we could get Djokovic Nadal opening round Australian Open. Who says no to that, eh? Probably the Australian Open. They probably want to keep him in for a bit longer. Um, I don't... Craig Tiley. <laughs> yeah, Craig Tiley's like, whoa, whoa, what's that one? Oh, we need to start <laughs> all again. <laughs> Not doing that. Yeah. This draw will be done behind closed doors, <laughs> I think. Oh, no, let's... We're not having that again. They don't do that. I think it's just Wimbledon who do the cloak behind closed doors. Wimbledon do it in audio. Yeah. It's a bit I don't know what's Suspect. going on there. But anyway, I'm I'm super excited because it's been too long. It was the Australian Open last year when we last saw him. And it was just a sad sight to see him crash out early. Obviously it was Mackenzie McDonald, is that right? Yeah. Uh, not someone he'd normally you'd lose to. No offense to um Mackie, but I think he even knows in his heart of hearts that if the real Rafa was on the court, he would have probably crushed him in straights. Yeah, and Nadal's not visited the McDonald's since that loss. 
like it. <laughs> it's haunted him, I is think. It, is it, what is he going to now? Burger King? Or... <laughs> I don't know. He might get Cindy Burger and the doubles. Oh, no. <laughs> Fixed doubles. <laughs> Shout well, out to Cindy Burger if she's still playing, but yeah, that's the only Burger <laughs> tennis player I know. <laughs> Why not? Um, but no, I'm, I'm really pleased. Let us know in the comments section, of course, if you are a Rafa fan. It'll be great to hear from you because I feel we have been uh, very subdued of late. Um, shout out to you, Kathy, as well, who's stick, been sticking with the channel for our... It's been a tough period because it's like he's um, retired. It feels like he's retired when he's not retired because there's been it's been so long since we've really been speaking about him, um, about his tennis. I mean, we speak about all the other stuff happening yeah. off court, but him playing tennis and whether he can win matches. And that's what I'm excited about seeing. I just want to see him out there playing, hitting them big forehands up the line. Just got to wonder, really. I'm just going to try and get inside the head of Rafael Nadal right now. Because if we just look at this whole entire year, bear in mind, coming into the into the year, Djokovic was behind on the slam race. Coming into Australia, levels it there. Rafa gets injured. And then the, the years they've had are complete opposites, really. No tennis for Nadal and Djokovic, one of his best ever years at 36 years old. I mean, I wonder what Rafa's actually been feeling like. Like watch having to watch somebody who's pretty much the same age as him. You've got to bear in mind that as well. Who's actually his greatest rival, you would say. Maybe Federer, some may argue as well. But just to watch him like, and having to sit there and just go like, my God, like, how is he? Has he won another one? Like, probably watched the Wimbledon one and went, oh, thank <laughs> Praise Alcaraz for doing that one. But then seeing the other ones go, it, it was, it must be a very, very tough pill to swallow when you're sitting at home, maybe just watching it. Or maybe, do you even watch it? Do you just try and get yourself away from the tennis world? Because that must be like heartbreaking when you know. You, I could probably, well, it's definitely the French Open. I can definitely compete in that one. And the US Open, normally pretty competitive there too. Just the Wimbledon one, he was a semi-finalist. So it's just, for me, it's just, what must he have been thinking? What do you reckon the thought, some of the thoughts that were going through his head in the past year? I don't think he's watched as much as you think he has. Maybe I feel not. like he's just not been involved in tennis. Of course, he's got um, a new child. Yeah. It's a big life change. He's been playing his golf and focusing on his recovery. I feel like he's probably had a break from tennis, but I don't know that. I know he's been watching a bit. Yeah. One thing I would say was quite telling the fact that he didn't congratulate Djokovic at all this year for a lot of his successes. Mm. I know you're very upset about that and you cry every night with all of the other Nole fam. Um, it's making me sad just bringing it up. But he did congratulate Yannick Sinner. <laughs> And he wrote a big message <laughs> on um, on his Instagram story congratulating Sinner for the Davis Cup success. Do you read anything into that? Is he a I Sinner feel fan? that there has been... like People do try and look into these because we've said similar things about Federer as well. But then I think Federer has summed it up and says, like, I've congratulated him like on so many different things. These are new people coming through, like Coco Goff winning her first thing, like... This is the first time they're doing something. So for someone of that stature to be congratulating them, that's like a real big thing. Like that probably gives them such joy to know that someone like Rafa or someone like Roger or even Novak 
would come and congratulate them for their first big Grand Slam or the, one of their big Davis Cup wins. I'm sure Djokovic wouldn't get tired of hearing it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm sure she wouldn't mind if there's a little little text like, or just a... Maybe there is. Well we done. We know that. Well done. Maybe Full there stop. is, but publicly there isn't much. That's one thing I would say. Yeah. Um, but before we close this first segment of the countdown, I have a question for you. Ooh, and this already. is... Not in that um, section yet. <laughs> and this is about contenders. This is the contenders section. So yes. I, wanna, I want you to give me your top five contenders for the Australian Open this year, like right now, in the first episode. I want a fresh one without you seeing any other tennis next year, without any news about what's happening in the off-season. Yeah. You don't know what's going on, but based off what you've seen of this year, so it's pretty fresh, the Davis Cup, the yeah. ATP Finals, Paris, all in the memory. Definitely. Who do you think is the top five in order? In Australia, has to be the top four players. I mean... In which order though, Ben? I would go... The, the way it is now, I would go Djokovic, Sinner... Sinner's not second. For you? No, Sinner's not second. If you said the way it is now on the rankings. No, no, not- I mean for me, like how I see how they're No, but you're saying it would be the top four. So yeah. I said, is it going to be an order? One, no, two, three, no, four. No, no, no. But I mean, like, it will be those top four are the best four players. Okay, so Djokovic one. Djok- Sinner two. Sinner two. Alcalaz three. Medvedev now demoted four. to four. Yeah, I mean. And five? That's the toughest one. I mean, number five could be anybody. I mean, take your pick. It could be somebody from maybe outside the top ten. Holgaruna, I'll go with. Holgaruna's your fifth. Yeah, Holgaruna. Mine's very similar to yours, actually. And people will be surprised because I have put Alcaraz down a position. Ooh. And Alcaraz, I'd always have number two at the moment. But I'm going to be going for the Djokovic, Sinner, Alcaraz, Medvedev. I think in that wise. order. I think that's how it feels to me right now. Yeah. But number five, I'm going to be going for the king, Rafael Nadal. He is, my, <laughs> he is my number five. You can have Holgaruna. I'm going to go in for Rafael Nadal. But let us know in the comments section what is your top five right now as we're talking for the Australian Open. And let's move on to latest news. Right, so latest news. This is where we go through some of X, formerly known as Twitter. Have a look what's going on in the tennis world. JG has selected some stories for us to look at. Uh, Whatever pops up on the feed is normally what we go with. So what's first on the feed today? Yeah, I've gone for some which relate to me and others which I feel are more relatable to you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You'll be able to guess as we go which one's a me one, which one's a you one. This first one is Yannick Sinner attending the AC Milan match. They are playing in the San Siro Stadium. It's a massive match against Borussia Dortmund. They need to win to get through the group. You've got PSG and Newcastle also. And the the fans are going absolutely crazy because Sinner's gone on onto the pitch and they're, they're chanting, Yannick, Yannick, Sina, Sina. Amazing. Absolutely loving him. And he is an absolute hero in Italy. And I can talk a little bit about this because being from an Italian household with my father, he has not stopped talking about Yannick Sina. It's everywhere on Italian TV and Rai. The whole nation are absolutely adoring him they're in awe of what he's been able to do it's amazing and it's made me really put into perspective how important the davis cup is because i never really value it that much 
but seeing what it means to to, to Italy and and Yannick Sinner as well and Berrettini who come there for the support. He did. He wasn't playing. Maybe it's a bigger deal than what I ever gave it credit for. I feel the same way. I'd always seen Davis Cup and maybe it's because it's got some doubles involved as well. But if we look at it from the other side, you sometimes get players playing doubles that you don't normally see play doubles. Like we saw Djokovic playing doubles, which is a great sight to see. Amazing at the net. And Yannick Sinner on the other side against him in a doubles match, which was absolutely brilliant. This is the thing. Davis Cup, for me, I don't know if it would have been made as big a deal of in the UK if the UK would have won it, though. I don't know if that's anything to do with the fact that you're right there. <laughs> don't mind. Just a little change just over, a, you know. Just a quick... Bit hot. It's all right. Just gained a few more female subscribers. No, you have uh, to cut that out. No. no. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I feel that in the UK, maybe it's because the UK is comprised of like more more than one country and it makes it slightly different, I feel. It's like when you go to the Olympics and they have football, but it's for Great Britain rather than for England. If it's England football, everyone's crazy about it. GB football, no one really that bothered. So this is the thing. Maybe that's the difference for me. Maybe it's because I think English people, they all want to be we're all about England. When you combine us with Scotland and Wales and with with Northern Ireland. No one cares. And especially, I feel... Scotland, Wales, Ireland, they don't really like the, the English too much as well. Oh, so well. you've got that dynamic. Andy Murray, he's been getting got some stick in the olden days for wearing a Croatia shirt when England were playing Croatia. Yeah, I, know, I, remember that. I know it was in jest, but we still remember Andy. Can you see this sign here, the Sinner? They've actually got a Sinner flag right at the top. It's amazing. In AC Milan. Can you see that? Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, we've got this one. So this is Sinner actually having fun at the AC Milan game. Uh, Yannick is like all of us, a sports fan at heart. I mean, I think that's a bit ridiculous, this tweet. Just try, trying to make him sound so human. We know he's a human. He's going to celebrate if his team do well. It's like they're shocked. He's just like us. Look, what? he's celebrating. How crazy he's is that? He's not a robot. Wow. But yeah, he definitely um, loves his football. Brilliant skier as well. And I mean, everything's going well. Because I think AC Milan were doing okay last time I checked, but... I'll update you after this episode. Maybe they've gone out. We'll put the score there of what's actually happened. That's it. Um, and whether Yannick Sinner's... We'll do a happy Yannick Sinner or a sad Yannick Sinner there. That's it. <laughs> With a carrot on his head. <laughs> right. Uh, this is more of a you news next. I'll let you speak about it. And it's uh, <laughs> Belinda Benchich. She's gone... Uh, not it's as got easy. my name in it, so I guess it is sort of part of me. Ben Listen, I know what you're like. You love a good holiday photo, Ben. You're always sending them to me. So this is not as easy to take vac- vacation bikini pics nowadays. Oh, is it not? And what's this? Instead, we're going with oh, what looks nice. like a little bit of a, what would you call this? Are these just like uh, holiday bottoms, are they call them? Or I don't really understand it because it's hard to take it because there's a monkey and, and uh, a mango. Is that a mango? So it's not a strawberry. An evil monkey and a mango. I don't see them anywhere. I don't. It's hard to take them because of what reason? I don't really get it. She's hard to take them, but she's taken one. Yeah. So she hasn't done it herself, quite clearly. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> taken it for her. But maybe, maybe it's just this whole Instagram thing of everybody having their uh, behinds out. She's gone. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to cover it up and my legs up. 
She's actually wearing more on her bottom half than she does when she's playing tennis, <laughs> which is actually quite funny. Yeah. But, but shout out to Belinda Bencic, awesome tennis player. Hopefully she's having a nice time off. Someone who's not having a very nice time off is Hubie Hercat <laughs> because his pre-season has started and he's out here oh in the snow God, it's like UK. with masks on. I don't know what he's doing. He's working hard. Be careful, mate. He might slip over What's running at speed. I don't know. I mean, might want to get a Some sledge. Some people choose the Maldives. Others choose to run in the snow with a mask on. He's not going to be sending us any of him stood on the beach with a uh, pina colada. That's Do you think sure. it's because he's a bit annoyed? Look, he's got back at it now. Do you think he's a little bit frustrated with the fact that he was unable to get in to the tour finals and allow him in so now he's training so he's harder like, than ever I'm not allowing that to happen again I do not want my destiny to be in the hands of Sister Pass I will get there next year by effort alone and he's working like the Terminator in the snow it's a good idea I like it um, I think it's brilliant hopefully he can keep that up hopefully he didn't have an accident and slip over or anything like that I wouldn't advise sprinting around in icy conditions I definitely wouldn't be out. I'll be indoors with a nice hot chocolate uh, watching the tennis, probably, rather than playing it. But anyway, what's the next story? That's all I've got, Ben, for <laughs> you. Right. That is the end of the latest Whoa. news today. It's a quick one um, because I want to spend some time on this next section, which is the tennis shootout. Right, so if you're new to the countdown, this is the section where myself and JG ask each other a bit of tennis trivia relating to the thing we're counting down to. This time, it's the Australian Open, so we both prepared a question we're going to ask each other, and we'll get 30 seconds to guess the answer, <laughs> which is, or know the answer, and then... If we get it right, we'll have some bragging rights come the end of the Australian Open. But normally we tend to get them wrong. But hopefully we can do a bit better on this one. Hey, who, do you want to go first? I know you were chomping at the bit earlier saying you had a really good question for me this week. I don't know whether I want you to go first or not. All right. Okay. Well, I can go I feel first. Like maybe if you, want. you should go first. I do not mind. I can go first. Do not worry. Here we go. Right. So, this will be about Australia, and I will be asking... Australia or the Australian Open? Well... about Kiwis? It will be talking about kangaroos. No, not Kiwis. What am I talking about? Well, they're New Zealanders. That's New Zealand. That's fine. Anyway, it's pretty close. Not too far off. So, the question is... Uh, let's get a timer ready. Uh, just... Uh, oh, I can probably get one ready on here. Can we get the 30 seconds up, please? <laughs> That's it. There we go. <laughs> There we go, 30 second timer. We'll have it on air. Okay. Oh, it's already started. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you already know the answer. No, I'm not laughing. I don't, I've not looked at your question. But I'm okay. laughing at what mine is. Okay. Right, okay. In 2015, the extreme heat policy threshold Ridiculous. was raised from 35 degrees Celsius to what level? go so what is the new extreme yeah so what is the now the maximum threshold it was 35 it was 35 in what year 2015 37 15 14 I can stop 38 it. 
I can stop it early if you want. 38. Alright, 38. You've got five some more seconds. No, final answer. Alright, 38 is locked in and boom, it is over. I can tell you that it is actually 40 degrees. That's ridiculous. I know. <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, they put it I up. knew it was going to be something ridiculous. They can fry the eggs on the courts in Australia. I think it's crazy, but quite a good one, that one. 38 is way yeah. too much. I mean, 38 is hot. 40 is just ridiculous. No, shouldn't, shouldn't be able to play it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even transport cattle in that. <laughs> <laughs> not that is that I'd what be, you do? Not what I'd be transporting it. <laughs> I know that there's been a lot of talk of this on the London Underground. <laughs> the, the temperature on there is above the allowed temperature that you can transport cattle. So anyway, that's enough of the uh, London problems. <laughs> anyway, on to your question, JG. Right. The greatest ever tennis player to play tennis, as we all know, is Rafa Nadal. Um, no one would ever disagree with that, I'm sure, in the comments section. Oh, no, never. Um, but speaking of Rafa Nadal, he was in a very famous final not too long ago. We both covered it. Hmm. Um, we I lost a bit of belief in Rafa. Uh, you regained it, oh. and it was very emotional. It was a bit of a roller coaster of a match. It was a very long match. I cried. The question I have for you is a two-part question. They always oh. are. The first part is how long was the match in the final? Okay. I'll give you to the nearest ten minutes. I don't even need that, but that's fine. Go for it. Okay. And I remember I made the I yeah. made the video for okay. it. Remember. And the next part of the question it's is who was the chair umpire for that uh, match? All right, let's go. There we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'll start off. It was definitely I've seen it because I I sometimes go back and watch the twenty one music video. It was five hours twenty four minutes on the dot. Uh, the chair umpire. I mean, for a big match, I'd probably have to go with... It's too obvious, Leani, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Was it Leon, <laughs> Mohamed Leani? <laughs> They've got three, two, one. Final answer is locked in. So you was correct on the duration. It was five hours, 24 minutes. But you was wrong uh, on the chair umpire. And you're going to be very annoyed when I tell you who this is because you know him very well. Oh, no, it's not, is it? Who? The guy. It's not that guy's name, is it? It's that guy. That's why I was laughing. No. It's John Blum. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put John Blum on the screen. Because John is. Blum, John Blum, sorry, was the chair umpire. And we had the opportunity to interview him one time. Yeah, we were speaking to him. This when the podcast was very small. We were speaking to John Blum. And he said, I'd happily come on, but I'd, there's... Very little I could probably open up and speak yeah. to you about. I just so. can't talk about this, this, <laughs> this, 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 and anything tennis. I was like, all oh, right. We can speak about your name for a bit and make some jokes <laughs> and what rhymes with John Blom. But apart from that... Maybe we would have got John Silk on. <laughs> we would have a bit of a Blom and Silk uh, party. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought you'd have got that. But half marks. Well done for getting the duration. Go I think on. pretty impressive. Damn you, Blom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, there we go. That concludes the tennis shootout. Let us know if you got any of the questions right at home and we will read the comments. And of course, if you are new, subscribe and like the video. But now on to the last section. We're not going to do surprise packages on this episode. That will be on the next one. But we are going to go quickly to the Q&A.
on this section, we will just answer a few of the questions that have been written in by you guys at home. And there has been quite a few questions. I put a post out yesterday. Apologies that we came to you later than expected. Uh, technical problems. Even having them today, as you can see, the mic stand is kitchen roll. So <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, but let's go into it. And we had some really good questions. Let me just bring this one. I'll, I'll share it on the other thing so you can see it as well. Okay. That'll just be make life a little bit easier for both of us, won't it? Right, okay. You can read it out. I don't mind. Yeah, I'll read it out, but we can have it on the screen as well. Here we go. So this one is from uh, Rosalyn. I'd say it right. Rosalyn Romnis. If, if I get that wrong, it, please accept my apologies. Rosalyn Romnis, 7169. 7169. And I have a couple of questions. So firing them in. We'll try and answer these quite briefly so we can get some others as well. Saying, in your opinion, do you think winning the ATP finals against Djokovic would have been better than uh, eliminating Novak in the Davis Cup semi-final uh, like he did saving those three points and win the Davis Cup for his country? Yes, I think it would have been bigger to win the ATP finals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, The Davis Cup's massive. I don't want to take anything away from it. And I didn't realise how big it was really until I've seen all the reception and how much it meant to both players but yeah I think ATP finals is, is massive and that isn't more of an individual accomplishment and I feel Sinner winning that is bigger than the Davis Cup definitely I totally agree with that I think that if you'd have walked away the, the celebrations in Turin like if you'd have won that but just to put into perspective when Grigor Dimitrov won the ATP tour finals in Bulgaria I mean it was like it was like he won a slam like, he was just, like, a big welcome home. Anyway, second part. Short bar. answers. Yeah, short answers. <laughs> anyway, do, do, do you think Alcaraz, Sinner, and Novak will dominate next season, even with the big return and the Dow? Um, Probably better for you, that one. Yeah, well, most likely they will. But I feel if you had to look at slams, you need to isolate the fact that Rafa has a really good shot, shot at Roland Garros. I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't matter what year it is. I mean, Rafael Nadal, Roland Garros, I feel he's so unplayable there and I'm really fascinated to see if he does play it, how the rest of the competitors deal with him. Numb him up, send him on. That's what yeah. I say. Uh, number And part three, who do you think will win the Australian Open? Personally, I think Sinner will win. Well, I don't think we can really... At the moment, I'd probably just probably go with Djokovic but we'll, when we get closer to it yeah we'll and I'm going to pass I'm not going to answer that question okay that's fair enough right so we just move down to the second question then this one is from Gary Lyons saying Ben how many tournaments no nothing for you here sorry do you think Djokovic will play next year for the record I say I'm guessing he plays 14 uh, if you include the ATP Cup, I think he will play the ATP Cup, Australian Open, Dubai, Indian Wells, Miami, Monte Carlo, Rome, French Open, Wimbledon, Olympic Games, Cincinnati, US Open, Paris Masters, ATP Finals. I think that's pretty good. I think that he may miss some of those out, actually. I don't even think he will. I think he will go definitely for Monte Carlo. He'll play all the four slams for sure. He'll definitely go Monte Carlo. I think he might try and play one in Serbia. Yes. If there's a Serbian Agreed. tournament. He'll, he'll play the Serbia Open. Yeah, he'll play that one. And the Olympics, most definitely. He's already said that. His aim is to win the Olympics next year. And I definitely think he'll want to win the French Open. I think the other ones are up for a little bit of debate. He'll need warm-up tournaments for the slams. 
because the thing that Novak Djokovic was saying in a press conference that it's going to be very, very difficult for him next year is we've got the French Open, which is obviously a slow surface. Then you go on to Wimbledon, fast surface. Then you go back to a slow surface of Roland Garros at the Olympics, which is like that. How do you get your body prepared to go slow, fast, slow, and then go on to the hard courts as well? So... He's going to have to really juggle these tournaments very, very carefully in 2024. I don't think it'll bother him. He's had enough experience, know about Djokovic. Anyone, he's, he's done it many times before. For sure. Right, so let's just move on. This one will be the last question that we're going to tackle. The last question is, and this one's from Yummy Cookie. Ooh. Oh, yummy. Uh, saying, we all know the tennis season is brutal and exhausting. How do you think the ATP and WTA should organize the calendar a bit? Do you think they should shift a few tournaments to different slots or it should stay as it is? Also, what should they do about the late night matches? Love your content, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's challenging. I'm not sure how they should organize the calendar uh, better. I feel, but I feel what they should definitely do is the organization of tournaments needs to improve need to start sometimes tournaments earlier and not have them ending so late in the night agreed and if someone does play over a certain time they should then not have to play early the next day yeah what they did in paris for yannick sinner for example was ridiculous and i can understand why he withdrew but the calendar i feel like i wouldn't remove anything from it um i'd have to look in detail and then try and come up with some ideas i don't really have any at the moment um I just feel like the big thing is the scheduling of events. They need to make sure that they give players the necessary time to prepare their bodies. I agree. Uh, I don't have much to say about the schedule of actual events, but I feel like the actual timings in within certain events. I think it's easy to yeah. do as well. It just seems straight crazy. Start and, at ten a.m. Lazy that they have not done anything. Start to nine. Help Start yeah. if you if you've got There's like a lot a, of fixes there, but they just yeah. don't seem to be deploying any of them. Yeah, don't understand why they're not doing that. I I feel that tennis could be in a better place. And there's been all of this stuff with players potentially getting more injured than normal this year, especially with the changing of the tennis balls. That would be another question we can maybe tackle on another episode because I know that the tennis players are very annoyed playing with so many different sets of tennis balls throughout the year. Yep. But anyway, let's wrap that one up there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode of The Countdown. It is The Countdown to the Australian Open. We'll be doing these episodes weekly now. So please, if you haven't already, give us a like, subscribe if you're new, and check us out on Spotify where you can listen to all of our podcasts on there. And we upload them a few hours after them being on YouTube. So you can listen to everything in real time. Thanks again. It was a good one. Cheers, Ben. And we'll be back very very soon see, see you then Sports Social Podcast Network